Hi, and welcome to episode 199 of No Crying in Baseball, the Getting Our Ducks in a Row episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hello, Potty Mouth. Hey there. It is good to see you. And speaking of getting our ducks in a row, damn, next week is 200 and we have no ducks lined have, up for we that. We have no, no episode 200 ducks. No. If anybody out there has, uh, you know, a fun suggestion, a little piece of advice, a little hint or something that we should do for episode 200 on very limited notice, please send drop us a line on all those social media links because, yeah, we could we could use some help on that. We need ideas. We need ideas. We got ducks, though. We don't need the ducks. ducks. We just need we the ideas. So tell ducks. me about your ducks. I'll tell you about my ducks. All right. So I just came back from the eastern shore of Maryland, which was lovely when it wasn't pouring rain, to see the Delmarva shorebirds, that would be the low A Orioles uh, affiliate, play the fabulous down east wood ducks from North Carolina, the low A Rangers affiliate. And I went to see my my adopted godson from adopt a minor league player folks we're going to be talking more about the minor leagues later and if you want to do your little bit to help out one really cool thing is to check out adopt a minor league player so eddie's and i have been texting and calling for about a year and a half we started in march 2020 and uh, waiting to meet because he was in the dominican republic through covid they sent him back there and then when he came over For this season, he was in Arizona, and then they sent him over to North Carolina. And I was thinking, "Mm, that's a little bit of a schlep. I could do it, but... Wait, wait. This is the Rangers organization, right? Yes. Did I say Rangers? I don't don't remember. That was at least a minute and a half ago. I don't... You you may have said it, maybe not, but I had (laughs) one third of a beer and a long day at work. I don't know. Yeah. I, I am totally with you both on the beer. I think I probably have more than a third at this point and the work. But yes, yes, he is in the low A of Rangers. He was with the Rangers in Arizona. And now being on the East Coast, I thought, you know, I'll hike down there. But going to the the eastern shore of Maryland was a lot easier because they were coming up to play the shorebirds, which was very cool. So we did a little bit of like back and forth. And we did one of those last minute Priceline hotel deals because I just like I just didn't get my planning together. You know, read episode 200 above till, till like the that's last unlike you, minute. Generally, that's unlike you to not have like the, a, tr- a trip planned out like two months in advance. I don't know. I think I just had too many trips. This was like the third trip of the month month. And I think I just like put it off and, um, but it worked out wonderfully. We got a Priceline deal that ended up being this lovely hotel that was like five minutes away from the ballpark. But not only that, when I texted Aries, when I got there and said, where are you? He said the sleep in hotel. And I was like, me too. (laughs) And then you were in the, the team hotel? We were in the team hotel, but then even better, what room are you in? And I said 320. And he he was in, down the hallway was his room. But at that moment in time when we were texting, he was across the hallway in the hotel. Oh, my God. And we both opened our doors and had like a huge, oh, my God, it's you hug. And it was like tear jerking and beautiful and all of these wonderful things. It was so cool to hang out with him. And the, and the weather sucked on Saturday. So we went in hopes to see him pitch, which um, cut to the chase, he did not. So I did actually miss seeing him pitch because he's a relief pitcher. But Saturday night, the the game was canceled because of torrential rain. But the cool thing is we got to go out to eat with him. So I got to hang out and talk. And yeah, that was super nice. And then Sunday was a doubleheader. 
hung out there the whole time. I got to see him warming up to go in and not going in oh. because the Wood Ducks were doing really well. Their starting pitching did really well. Even the second game where their starting pitcher was a um, an opener or what was what starter or opener, which is the word for the guy who's not supposed to last. Opener is the guy who comes opener. in to do like one inning. Yeah. And then, yeah. So that's what they had. Right. Yeah. I should know that. It's just getting warm up here. And yes, I'm going through the beer, but he thought he was coming in in the second game, but their their opener hung in there and they wow. won both games. Yay. And it was super cool to see them sweep. And so now I am a forever Wood Ducks fan for my Eddies and their travel jerseys also. Like, I just wish that the the traveling team had like a mini kiosk or something where you could buy their gear because they had the best travel jerseys. Their first game travel jersey was like this camouflage with brown leaves and it it just looked really cool a little duck on the shoulder and then the the second game was kind of bright green with orange hats it was a little bit of a reverse pumpkin situation so i wasn't <laughs> totally in on it but i would have liked that leafy jersey yeah sure and it would not have made you look like a duck hunter at all mm. It would not. Don't worry. That that is the weird irony. Like, why would you want to look at a like a duck hunter if your team is the ducks? And and likewise for the shorebirds. Well, they're the um, stadium, which is very lovely. I totally recommend if you're on the eastern shore in Salisbury, go to the Shorebirds Stadium. It is the Frank Purdue Stadium. So there's Purdue stuff. I mean, Purdue is like Eastern Shore, like chicken farms all over the place, but their mascot is a chicken and they do the chicken dance. So you'd think that'd be like, you knowing that you're in a Purdue stadium, if you were a chicken, you'd be, I think you'd be a little nervous. Do you know that the chicken dance memes, have I told you this? The chicken dance, what? Mames. Mames? As in injures. Oh, mames. Mames. It hurts yeah, so people. My mom, my mom once did, was doing the chicken dance at a wedding and hurt herself. I can't remember which body oh, wow. part it was. I don't know if she fell and like it must have been a wrist. wing. It, it was wing bad. It was, it was bad. And so I too was cheering on ducks this weekend. I went to Akron and I saw the rubber ducks play a doubleheader on Friday. And by play a doubleheader, I mean got there in time to see the last two innings of the first game and ah. then see the full seven innings of the game that we thought we were going to. But anyway, the chicken dance, they did the chicken dance in between oh, the games. They and I'm did like, no, no, I am not standing and doing the chicken dance because why the chicken dance maims. Huh. It does. But let me just tell you the best part about the road trip. Part of the road trip was catching up on podcasts. So oh, I, yeah. I got to one of my favorite podcast to listen to while I'm driving is our friends over at Two Strike Noise, which is a baseball history podcast because they just yep. tell all these stories about sometimes guys you know well but didn't know this interesting thing about them or guys you've never heard of but now that now you're glad that you do. And Potty Mouth um, tipped me off to this and I listened for it, which is they have decided as a as a policy statement, you know, as, as a style guide to just start using Guardians for the Cleveland team and Hammers for the Atlanta team now, I obviously, love it. Guardians are kicking yeah. in next year and Hammers is, you know, the choice of many of us for what the Atlanta team should do with their current um, current team name. So I, I really enjoyed hearing them just say those things without like jumping over them and making a big deal out of it. Yeah. So I would like to see us maybe adopt that. And I'm um, all credit to you guys over at Two Strike Noise for for starting us off. And we are going to carry on with that. Are you good with that? 
Yeah, I'm totally good with that. And as the, you know, the trophy holders of their first annual, I don't even remember what the fuck it was called, Bump Bailey Wax Pack Heroes. There you were so it. many more words. You there were it. more words than that. But we won something from Two Strike Noise. So, so we should be able to use their stuff. You know, just one more thing about the Shorebirds, though, that you would have appreciated at the stretch they not only did um, take me out to the ball game, and of course we were all up and, and singing, but they did Country Boy, from but um, as as in Orioles, but they didn't put the words out, and I'm I'm not as good as you with the words, but I did my best, I really did. Yeah, I'm 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 proud of you. I'm proud of you. My my very last thing though is I want to give a little shout out shout out to my uncle Dan because he might actually be listening. My uncle Dan and my aunt Dot. I hadn't seen my uncle Dan in way 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 too many years. And also read last minute plans above. I contacted him kind of last minute saying that I was going to be in the town that's 15 minutes away from where he lives or less. And want to come to the game. So he was able to last minute join me for most of the first game. First game did take a while. So excusable for him to leave a little bit early. But hey, Uncle Dan, good to see you. (laughs) Happy to have you. Happy to have you for sure. Yeah, rubber ducks were great. So they play at Canal Park in Akron. And it's absolutely take a major league park and just shrink it down and drop it in the middle of downtown. And it's big fun. It's big fun. So I had a great time. I had a, my, my host was wonderful. I had a very nice um, local beer and it was all good and it wasn't too crowded. So I wasn't freaked out about, you know, people I don't know breathing on me. So nice. those were all good things. On today's show, we've got the Boyfriend Awards, otherwise known as the Heart and Hustle Awards. We've got guys we like doing things that we like. We've got Police Blotter, which is pretty much just the opposite of that. We've got our COVID report, which is looking at some big picture things. We're going to tell you about the Minor League Relief Act and more about what's going on for minor leaguers right now. We're going to touch briefly on public funding for um, for stadiums. We've got our Olympic baseball wrap-up and a little bit of international baseball. Hello, CPBL. Hey, hey, we have got a busy show today, so let's jump right in it, talking about our boyfriends. We do talk about baseball boyfriends all the time. Go back and listen to our past episodes, especially the off-season, because that's when Patty and I each choose one guy per team because they're super cool and there's something about them beyond the field that we like to talk about. So I'm going to list the boyfriends that we picked, or I'm going to do mine and then Patty will do hers, who ha- are now nominees for the 2021 Heart and Hustle Award. And we we kind of feel like they, they stole this concept from us a little bit with the Heart and Hustle. It makes a lot of sense that our boyfriend picks would overlap with Heart and Hustle picks because the Heart and Hustle quote is that it demonstrates a passion for the game of baseball and best embodies the values, spirit, and traditions of the game. So we would just add to that, And they'd be good to hang out and have a beer with. So in that spirit, we're going to look back on the guys that we have picked before. And because we've been around so long, we're going to do sort of a a total all the boyfriends we have picked over the years. Because, you know, part of the deal is we we can't keep guys from year to year. Because then we wouldn't have anything to talk about in the offseason. So we pick a guy. The next year we have to pick a new guy. And that means that our fantasy team as the years go on. Uh, get a little bit more complicated because that's what we do at the end of the the, the off season, which would be the beginning of the season, is we play a fantasy league made out of our boyfriends. But man, if we could do like our all time, like our boyfriend all stars, we wow. would be killer. Because we are pretty check impressive. Out, 
I yeah, I think I think we have good taste. I think we absolutely have good taste, even though we look for slightly different characteristics. Here we go. So Team Potty Mouth out of the Heart and Hustle 2021 nominees, I have I have nine guys total who made it. Two are current boyfriends, so that means I picked them this year, and two are ex-boyfriends. We like to hang on to our boyfriends and call them former, but sometimes a guy does something and you just got to say it's not going to work out, dude, and you're you're not a boyfriend anymore. So for, for the good guys, uh, from the Royal Salvi Perez, that was from my first year. Gotta love Salvi. And he's having a, you know, a comeback year and he's just a, a good guy in so many ways. Mariners Mitch Hanniger is their nominee. For the Rangers is my current boyfriend, Isaiah Keener-Falefa, and I'm super happy with how he's been doing. It's great to see his name there. D-backs, so this is super funny, actually. I have two boyfriends who are currently on the Brewers. Neither one did I pick as a Brewers boyfriend, (laughs) and they're both Heart and Hustle nominees. And that would be D-backs Eduardo Escobar, who's now at the Brewers and raking it. Uh, He debuted with two walks, an RBI triple, and a three-run home run for his first game with the Brewers. Welcome. But they were very happy to have him. Yeah, and you know, they better let him dance because he was like the dance leader for the D-backs all those few times that they won. So hopefully he's going to be able to dance a lot more with the Brewers. For the Hammers, hey, check it out. We get to use it already. Ozzy Albies, I think, was my last year's guy. From the Rockies, Ryan McMahon. Phillies, uh, Ronald Torres actually picked when he was on the Yankees. So it's super cool to see because he was, I believe, totally let go and then picked up by the Phillies. It's great to see his name here. And then my other Brewers guy who I picked when he was on Tampa is Willie Adamas. Also, there's got to be like something in the water. Or maybe it's the the beer thing um, that when you go over to the Brewers, you just like light it up. But he also, his For sure stats, it's the beer thing. For it, sure it's the beer thing. I, I'm good. You know, I think I need a Brewers t-shirt at this point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But Will, Willie Adamas has been amazing since going over the Brewers. So a little bit scary if you're, unless you're a Brewers fan, like they're going to do super well. And then finally, Giants, Brandon Crawford of the gorgeous family, um, situation he's just a, a good guy the the two exes so these are guys who i picked before i knew better or maybe they just let me down a little bit and they just haven't done quite enough to come back into my good graces maybe they will astros jose altuve need i say more and then nationalist trey turner had some old tweets that came to surface that were homophobic and he you know, did the PR thing, but I haven't seen enough from him yet. And there are plenty of things he could do. I mean, look at what the Doolittles did with Smile, which is the LGBTQ youth advocacy group here in D.C. He could have done something super public like that, but hasn't. So do we know what his um, philanthropic activity is? I I don't. I haven't looked into it. But yeah. um, I'm kind of curious. So one thing that's disappointing that. when um, so these are voted on by the alumni, the um, MLB uh, Players Alumni Association. Hmm. So former players. And often when they get to this stage, they just list the teams and the guys and they don't necessarily say because he does this or right. because he does that. And you've got to look for it a little bit more. Uh, one of these guys will get selected as the Heart and Hustle awardee for the year. So these are like the one guy per team. There will be one right. guy at the end of it. So maybe I should be giving Altuve and and Turner some comeback points here. Like since they got this nomination, that means they're doing something right. 
Yeah, I think you get to choose that. You get to decide because they're okay. your boyfriends. So so yeah. you get to pick what, you know, what, what right. matters to you. What's the level of, you know, compensation or changing their tunes or whatever. So I've got um, 11 uh, yeah. guys who you win are. again. <laughs> yeah, well, and that, but again, that's kind of yeah. how I choose my guys to begin with. Yep. You know, that's one true, of the things true. that I look for. Three of them are current. Um, the others are former and not X, which I'm really pretty excited right. about so far. But as you've learned, if you are a regular listener, things change on a dime. So hopefully that's not the case. So um, my O's boyfriend from a couple of years ago, I picked him two years too soon, Cedric Mullins. I almost wish that, you know, I picked him at a time where he could be my once and always boyfriend because he is a, an amazing human. Love 2020, him. man. He's 2020 already this year. Yeah, he is. That's right. That's has 20, 20 steals and 20 home runs. Yep. Um, Tim Anderson's another guy that why is he not my uh, once and forever boyfriend from the White Sox? He's always, always making the lists of the best guys in baseball. Um, my guy from the Guardians, Jose Ramirez, um, Aaron Judge from the Yankees, Matt Olson, one of the welcome mats from the A's. Marcus Simeon is my current boyfriend on the Blue Jays. Uh, it's, uh, sorry, you- I have an issue with him just because he he's the reason why the Red Sox lost. <laughs> But yeah, he's though? a good guy. No, no, he's the reason why the Blue Jays are winning. Right, right, right. He is. He is. Yes, yes. Yeah. Great so, guy. And I thought of you when when he hit the go-ahead at the end, and I thought, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> so um, Javi Baez, of course, made it for the Cubs, and he's now a Met. So there's that. Yeah. Um, Nick Castellanos, the, um, our, 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 the, our favorite flex. Yep. For the Reds. <laughs> Miguel Rojas for the Marlins. My new guy, Jake Cronenworth for the Padres. I'm so excited he's on this list because I wanted to believe he was a super good guy, but he was kind of too young to know yeah. for sure. And there he is. And Tommy Eden from the Cards, who I knew, in fact, was a super good guy. So I'm happy to see all of them there. Good picks this year. Yeah. You've got something called Team Almost a Boyfriend. What's that? Well, Raphael Devers, I think one of us would have picked, but then we put these rules on ourselves for both the Astros and the Red mm. Sox that we didn't want to pick anybody who was on the teams in the years in which they were implicated for nefarious activities. So yes. I I love Rafi Devers. I still want him to get off the chew, though, man, especially if he's this heart and hustle guy. He's a role model, but he's such a cool dude. So he would have been a boyfriend if we didn't have such stringent rules. May I just point out right now that I'm slipping off my chair because I'm so sweaty because potty mouth made me turn off my air conditioning, which is the right thing to do, dear listeners, so we can have our perfect sound quality. I hope you appreciate it because I'm yucky right now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm equally yucky because I turned off my van up here. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on this. (laughs) So we're going to tell you about some guys that we like who, um, some of whom are doing nice things and um, some of whom we want nice things to happen for. Christian Yelich, who is currently my my once and forever boyfriend, um, as Potty Mouth said, we don't keep guys from year to year. We're, we're allowed to carry over one guy. And so I carried over Christian Yelich because I really want him to come back. Because I really have this thing for him. I really hope he does well. He was out on the – he fully vaccinated, fully vaccinated Christian Yelich because if he was out on, on the COVID list and not vaccinated, he might have to slip down from a boyfriend to a ex boyfriend because mm-hmm. we are pro backs here on no crying in baseball. So, but he was still out on the, on the COVID IL. And what did he do while he was sitting around not being able to do baseball things? He caught up on the show Yellowstone, which I recently caught up on, which I really love. So 
this oh. is one of the things I can talk about with Christian Yelich when we go out for a beer, as we want to do with <laughs> our boyfriends. And he bought himself an acoustic guitar and taught himself how to play. And again, I just want did. to point out, there's all these people who over, like when they were stuck at home over like COVID quarantine or whatever, learned a language or learned a new skill or taught themselves how to code or, you know, started like writing the great American novel. I snacked. Hmm. I just don't feel like I'm up to that, but yay for Kristen Yelich for Yellowstone and, and teaching himself how to play guitar. Yeah. So I also want to shout out my future boyfriend, Adley Rutschman um, in the Orioles system. So let me just say, so potty mouth referenced the low a, the Delmarva shorebirds. And we've often talked about the, um, the Bowie Bay Sox who are, are, you know, the, the, the double a team. And, um, I am currently wearing the um, the Aberdeen Ironbirds, which is the Cal Ripken owned um, single A team, yeah, which I where I got this shirt when I went to see Aldi Rutschman when he was playing single A. And then we've seen him play double A. He was just he was just called up to triple A, which means I'm saying I firmly believe he's going to be playing for the O's straight up in two to three weeks. And my kid believes that as well so much that I got an email saying Hey, can you send me my O's jersey so when they um, when the O's play the Red Sox, I can drive all the way from <laughs> Western New York to Boston to see Adley Rutschman play? Wow, that is, that is super true because catchers who rake are really a small percentage, and I was I was noticing that as looking at the minor league catchers uh, this this past weekend. So I think. He definitely has that ticket to the top. And if anybody is on the Eastern Shore, there's Adley Rutschman bobblehead night at the Shorebirds because they remember him fondly on August 20th. So go get your bobblehead. And if you want to send that bobblehead to me, we'll talk about a trade. <laughs> we'll talk about a trade. Yes. Okay. So um, Daniel um, Brito, we talked about um, he is in the Phillies minor league systems. He, he is with the um, Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. This was the the third baseman who collapsed on the field while the Iron Pigs were up in Rochester playing the Red Wings. And he had two surgeries back-to-back last weekend. He is still in the ICU. They oh, had, my God. They had bumped him up to stable, but they now I've seen some things where they say he may possibly have a lung infection. Holy his shit. mom is in from Venezuela. They uh, The team flew his girlfriend in. Uh, from wherever she is living. So he's got friends and family. The, the team is taking good care of him, but everyone's still pretty damn scared. So this happened the last day of July. So he played all of July until that very last day. And he played so well that he was, um, he got the Phillies minor league co-hitter award. He was one of the best hitters in the whole minor league system right until that last second. So hopefully he can come back to it. The iron pigs have been, lovely about saluting him they all with like silver sharp he's put little 29s on their caps mm. they've kept his gear in the dugout so he's with them all the time and this past weekend they all wore number 29 which is his number do, so, do they know if it was an aneurysm or a stroke at this point i, I heard those two um hippa man is in full oh, um, right. in full action right now there is not right, the fact that i saw could be lung infection yeah was an outlier because okay. the the information about what's happening medically has been on lockdown other than there have been two surgeries. And, you know, that's what they want. That's, that's yep. fine. I, res- I respect the privacy and seriously, you know, whatever, whatever you send this kid's way. Cause this is, this is really scary. Yeah. It's really scary. And I'm really very pleased with the support he's getting from the Phillies organization all the way up and down. 
Absolutely. Oh, that's really good to hear. The support part, not yeah. of course, yeah. like, uh, yeah. All right. We'll be in our thoughts. Um, I'm going to take a, a quick detour to a couple of happy things from some former Nationals, which is our home team that we we love and adore. And Brock Holt is sort of like double loved by me because not only did he hang out with the Nats for a hot minute last year, but before that, adored him on the Red Sox. And he's now with the Rangers, and he had his third outing as a pitcher. And I remember when he pitched for the Nats last year, which is hysterical. Yes, Brock That's Holt right. is a utility guy. He's not a pitcher. So if you have not seen this, look it up on Twitter and we'll put a link in. But he pitched a 31.1 mile per hour and they called it an EFIS mm-hmm. <laughs> versus Josh Harrison, another oh former national who we love and adore, who's now on the A's. And it was the slowest pitch to be called a strike since the previous record ah. was your guy. Uh, Astudio, La Tortuga, so who's not only a Tortuga apparently for running, but also for pitching. Uh, in June 4th, he pitched a 41.3 mile per hour strike. Now, these are strikes. Like last week, I think um, Jonathan Arauz from the, the Red Sox was pitching and had a very slow 30-something mile an hour pitch, but it wasn't actually a strike. So if you watch this from Holt, it's just amazing. It literally leaves your screen. You can't see where it is. And then it just drops back in and it's a strike. Can I just say that several weeks ago, one of the earlier Nats games that were we there? Did I just go? I can't remember. But um, Yadiel Hernandez of the Nats pitched. Oh yeah. I missed that one. Not a pitcher, not a pitcher. And like the guy behind me just didn't understand what was going on. He couldn't figure out why this pitcher was so terrible. And he had these super (laughs) slow pitches that were strikes. And I, of course, because I read up on things, yelled something to the effect of, that's some Astudio level shit right there. (laughs) And nobody laughed. And I'm like, where the hell is Potty Mouth right now? Because Potty Mouth would be the audience for this. Because you really got to know some stuff to see why that's funny. Again, I only make jokes that require footnotes, which means I'm not that funny. So (laughs) That's... We got to love these guys who come in to pitch when they're needed. These are the guys who do what's needed, even if it's something like this. And I, I think the cutest thing, though, is is Harrison, because he was he and, and Holt were on the Nats together. And this is what makes me like cry because neither one of our, them are with us now. But he was on the Nats with Holt when he pitched last. And he said that uh, it was a lot slower than I really remember. <laughs> Yeah, but he uh, got all three outs. Like there was, there was one almost a hit, but uh, he, the guy tried to take two bases, and it wasn't a, that good of a hit. So he got thrown out. So Holt got three outs. I love it. Yeah. Oh, and for more for for more fantastic Nationals pitching, uh, you might have heard recently that Max Scherzer no longer pitches for the Nationals, and that's you know breaking all of our hearts. Especially as I listen to the rest of Buzzsaw on the on this trip, which is the the audiobook that um, details that wonderful World Series win of two thousand nineteen. Max Scherzer is very prominent in that clearly now he's on the other side of the country, but before he left this, and this is baseball boyfriend situation right here. He and his wife promised to fund all pet adoptions with DC humane rescue through 
today when you guys are going to be hearing this, which is, well, if you listen to us right when we drop Tuesday, August 10th, his wife Erica was a board member. And they are big dog people. Like they have lots of beautiful dogs. But the cool thing is it's not just dogs that they're funding. They're funding anything that DC Humane Rescue has, like ferrets, you know, uh, what do you call those things? I knew you were going to go to ferrets first. I can't imagine why. But whatever kind of animal you want to adopt that they have, the Scherzers will pay for it, but for just a short time more. So get going, you DC people. And where Max Scherzer went leads off our police blotter today. So, you know, I'm fine with Max being somewhere else for a couple months. And hopefully the Nats will bid on him uh, when he becomes a free agent yes. in October to bring him back. I'm a little ticked that he's a Dodger right now because I feel like the Dodgers don't deserve him. Because right. they've got Trevor Bauer on leave. So they get themselves a Max Scherzer. And that doesn't seem fair. No, that doesn't seem fair. So Trevor Bauer's leave, his um, his administrative leave has been extended for the fourth time. And this one and the one previous to this required approval by the players union who did, in fact, approve this leave. And this one goes until August 13th. The hearing is going to go from August 16th to 19th. Now, this hearing is just about the um, what do you call it? What's the word? The um, assault? No, it's not the assault. It's the it's restraining the, order. It's the restraining order. Yeah. Yes, I can't. Yeah, so it's the restraining order. Wow, I, I totally blanked on restraining order. I didn't put the words Count. down because I knew the words. But you this is why for that legal advice. There, it's just that's right. That's why we need the, the big here. bucks. Yeah, the big bucks for the paralegal on on staff here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is for the restraining order because. There have been no assault charges filed. All of this stuff, all of these stories, all of these photos, and there have been no criminal charges filed. Wow. It's just about the restraining order. And I find this fascinating. So usually a hearing for a restraining order takes a day. And maybe there are witnesses called. Maybe maybe three. Now, now they are saying up to 10 witnesses may be called for each side. For each side. So, you know, initially there were some, there was information released and that just got upped. That game just got up, which is why I think now the hearing is scheduled for longer and the um, the lists of witnesses are getting longer because the, um, the woman who was abused released a photo and it's scary and awful. Wow. You know, it's just your face, but it's how her face uh, looks. And if your face looks like that, you you were unable to give consent. Thank you very much. Right. And the other side released texts yeah. that seem to that that they are they are spinning to imply this was in fact consensual. So there's gonna be a lot to unpack, but I'm still fascinated that criminal charges haven't been filed and this is all about a restraining order. That's crazy. I mean he's white. And he has a lot of money. Yeah. And we talked about those texts a little while ago, and and they're not a contract. Like, the, it's just crazy what money can do for a white guy. Yeah. And some of those texts are actually between the abused woman and I believe her cousin or a friend wow. or somebody. So I'm not sure how they got a hold of those things. But yeah. Ugh. So this is going to be seriously bad TV. This is going to be awful to watch. And still no criminal charges. So I just don't know what's going on there. Also, in the police blotter, 
here we go again with um, PED consequences often being way greater than domestic abuse consequences. So Ramon Mariano, outfielder for the A's, just began an 80-game suspension for PEDs, which, as everyone who is suspended says, I did not knowingly ingest, insert name here. In this case, it's um, Nandrolone, I think is the name of it. Um, So maybe yes, maybe no, I don't know. But in fact, he's the fifth player this year to be suspended for PEDs. And interestingly, so the A's had acquired Starling Marte, another outfielder, at the trade deadline. And so now there is a suspicion that the A's knew about that test and knew that it was going to come down and basically was getting prepared for losing Loriana, which is not, which is pretty smart, which is pretty smart, but it explains a lot because initially people are saying, did you really need another outfielder? You're fine. And the A's Uh. apparently knew that they were not. So... There we go. So, you know, you take drugs you're not supposed to take and you're out for 80 games, which is like 30 games into next year. If the A's make the playoffs, those games will also count against this, which is good for Laureano. Mm -hmm. It gets him back sooner, but it's still several games into next season. And now I'm going to cry into my beer. Yeah, that's because I'm going to take it for the team right here. So this whole boyfriend concept kind of came from Patty and I in our youth having baseball boyfriends, guys that we totally looked up to forever. And to have your, like your, your boyfriend from youth be a dick just absolutely sucks. And, and not too long ago, we talked about Omar Vizquel, who was a fabulous shortstop on the Cleveland team in his day that he was accused he is still accused of, of some pretty bad abuse by his wife. They are now in divorce proceedings. Interestingly, here's another one where there's no charges, but um, he was briefly detained for this. And now something else has come up against him that is also totally shitty in a totally different way. Um, he was the the manager of the Birmingham Barons, a minor league of shit. Who I forget. Is it Mets? I think it's Mets. I'm pretty sure. Uh, bat, uh, in 2019. So Visco was managing the Barons in 2019. The Bat Boy has accused him of sexual harassment. And this Accused. is a young guy who is autistic. And you can read all of the details, but you know the bottom line is that he is saying that he forced White him to White Sox wa- affiliate. A White Sox, thank you. Even Remember, better. we saw him as the as the first base coach for a White Sox game in Camden Yards. Now oh, that I think about it, oh shit! I, that's okay. not me trying to distract you for tell, from telling me horrible things about uh, Omar Vizquel, but did it work? No, to, t- totally fine. And I'll go through this pretty quickly because we don't need to get into horrible details. He's he's uh, accusing him of, of forcing him to wash his back when he was, of course, naked in the shower. You know, the the bat boy having to wash Vizquel and feeling, you know, intimidated. And that's harassment. And also some incidences of exposure that I'll, I'll link to articles so you can Correct. read more about this. And if I had read in my notes a little further, I would have seen right here that he was fired by the White Sox, oh, the White Sox. <laughs> yeah. after, after an internal investigation in August of 2019, which is two years ago. And I don't know. I haven't heard about this. So interesting. When when the accusations from his estranged wife started happening, Mm -hmm. there were allusions to an incident with the White Sox. 
and no they never, so I wonder if it, if the bat boy's a minor it could be that they you know that was that was locked away from public knowledge while that was being dealt with yeah it could unclear. be that often happens with when minors are involved um, I don't know if the bat boy was a minor they're not necessarily when you're talking about this level but yeah yeah, but there, there were definitely sure. references to other things that happened with no details. And so now we're getting the details and I hate it. Yeah, no, it, it totally sucks. And uh, he has been the past two years managing in, in Mexico with the Tijuana Bulls, but they fired him last week after this. So I okay. don't know what Omar is going to do now. I'm thinking his Hall of Fame campaign has got to be dead. God damn it. And and we were all like, you know, Team Omar for Hall of Fame a few years ago. So it just, yeah, this sucks. It sucks to feel disillusioned. It it just sucks. We have pictures of us with Omar from the from the All Star Game a couple years ago, which was. I mean, I cried. I was so excited to meet him, and now I'm crying that I'm so pissed off. Yeah, I'm so disillusioned. It sucks. So yeah. So um, can I um request a a two minute. Uh, time out to go get another beer because I absolutely. don't have I don't have tech support to help me with this. Yeah, you yeah, know, absolutely. And I could probably use another one too. So all right, I have a new beer. There's the sound <laughs> of my new beer opening. Now I'm gonna get over Omar Biscal. I have not eliminated the t-shirt from my collection. I keep it in the drawer to remind myself about how things can turn on a dime. But yeah. I have not worn it again since things got bad. So uh, speaking of things getting <laughs> shit, we're, we got to get through this. We'll get through yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. So we got I've got some interesting things to tell you on the COVID report. One is, you know, as bad as things are and as, you know, we keep talking about these little outbreaks on this team and that team, whatever, only thus far, as of a few days ago, when I saw this stat, only nine games out of 1400 games that have been played this season have been postponed because of COVID. I'm knocking on every wooden item that I have around me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's really not bad. It's like we figured out in as best as we can how to keep people safer and, um, yeah, take care of folks. So, interestingly, for the league, for the whole league, we are over 85% vaccination rate for the tier one people tier one is the players the coaches the you know the, the that inner circle the people that are the closest to the players well over 85 percent vaccinated but still only 23 teams have reached that level that is the same as the end of june and it is the beginning of august so everybody who is getting vaccinated has gotten vaccinated is what that's saying so, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of teams, lots of people got vaccinated way over 85% and other teams, not so much. So in order to try to convince teams to increase their vaccination rate, the league loosened protocols last month for those teams that got to that point. If you had 85% or more of your tier one folks vaccinated, you could have a little more fun. You could relax the rules a little bit because you were much safer. Well, things are changing again. You know, you've noticed a lot more guys you know, being you know, put on the COVID IL, you've seen in your, like our, now our hometown just reinstituted, you know, mask mandates for indoors, including like the city buildings, yep. but everywhere else too. So things are getting tougher again. So the Players Association and the league may tighten protocols again to deal with, you know, this like Delta variant and all of these things, but they don't think an increased 
focus on vaccines is going to make a difference. They really believe that people who are going to get vaccinated are done. So no matter what, um, so they can't, they can't change that. And they can't at that level require vaccines um, or they, or they're unwilling to require vaccines. The, um, the union has said, we are encouraging it strongly, but they're not mandating it. So interestingly, as always, there's a lot more control over the minor leagues. And a lot of the minor leagues are using the spring training facilities in Arizona and Florida for the major league teams with whom they're associated. And those um, those protocols have been tightened like crazy. There's masks, mask mandates hmm. in all of those facilities, including the buses. I mean, they're, they're really like sort of battening down the hatches with them, the minors as much as they can. But in the meantime, Anthony Rizzo and Garrett Cole and Gary Sanchez and a bunch of brewers have all, you know, been diagnosed in the past week with COVID. And some of those folks may be vaccinated and some of those folks definitely aren't. But there you go. I think Cole and Rizzo, it's pretty well known that they are not vaxxed. And, you know... That, that, look at that. That's a whole bunch of fucking Yankees. That's crazy. It's a whole bunch that of fucking totally Yankees. Crazy. There are a whole bunch of, of brewers. Like I said, Christian Yelich was on. Now he's coming back off. He's he's back off now, I believe. And he was vaccinated. Um, but yeah, so some, some teams are getting these little, little bubbles. Mm-hmm. These little bubbles of guys. So it's for the Red Sox, I didn't realize that they actually had a bench coach who tested positive, and they have two players who are on the COVID list, neither one who tested positive, but they put them on the COVID list because they had some symptoms, and I think out of extreme caution. The weird thing is, so for Jaron Duran, and they're both like big-name players, Jaron Duran, who just, just came up the, the hot rookie, um, he, they said clearly that he had several negative tests, but had symptoms. So he's on the COVID IL. Go figure. JD all right. Martinez, all I could see was that he didn't test positive, but I didn't see anything that said that he tested negative. And I pretty much, I'm pretty sure that JD is non vaxxed. I, I think that that's also known. So I don't know how these COVID ILs work. It's, it's, broad you can't you just don't know what's good what what it really means i'm just saying all these yankees that were absolutely willing to shave their faces and get their hair cut right. because the yankees said so won't get vaccinated because the yankees said so i think the yankees need to be a little more forceful on that on well that. And another seven team another six teams too because again only 23 teams are at the right level yikes yikes, yikes. You know, there there's a shitload more that MLB could be doing better, including treating uh, the minor leagues better. And we're going to give you your little piece of activism to work on this week. Write your congressperson right now. When you finish listening to the show, open up that computer, write to your congressperson, because the Minor League Baseball Relief Act has been proposed. It's a bipartisan, you know, baseball is bipartisan, bipartisan act. Uh, sponsored both in the Senate and the House. In, in the Senate, it's Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut, Democrat, Marsha Blackburn, Republican from Tennessee, and Mark Warner from the DMV area, Democrat from Virginia, plus a couple on the House side, Doris Matsui from California, Democrat, and David McKinley, Republican from West Virginia. So the idea here is there is already COVID-19 relief funding out there for emergency grants, and it's repurposing it 
to put it into the minor leagues. It can be used for payroll. It can be used for business expenses. It could be used for worker protection. There's lots of stuff that this could be used for. And the, the minor leagues have suffered for income. I mean, 2020 was shit, of course, across baseball for everybody, but the minor leagues didn't play. So they lost all of their income for 2020. And right now, I didn't realize this, but the, the income for this year is expected to only be 35% of their normal revenue. And on top of that, it costs money to do all the COVID measures. They've got all your hand sanitizer out there and they've got to check people for, for mask wearing and stuff like that, depending on which ballpark you're at. But there are extra expenses. So just write to your congressperson. Tell them that you support the Minor League Baseball Relief Act. Yes, this is money going to the minor league teams. This is not, unfortunately, solving the problems that minor league players actually have beyond you know, the COVID situation. Right. This is a very important piece. This is an economic piece mm-hmm. for one of the reasons we keep saying how important minor league baseball is to communities, because this is where communities go to have their fun and get jobs and like support the neighborhoods around them with restaurants and hotels and all of those things. And there's a lot of COVID relief money out there for small businesses. You know, I work for a city government and I see the kind, you know, the things that get filtered through to support our local mom and pop shops and all of that. And that's what this is doing. This is, it's recognizing that minor league baseball is a small business. It's a local business that also needs to be rescued because if this goes, there's a big hole where, you know, where like the heart of your community used to be. As Potty Mouth said, it doesn't alleviate, alleviate the player woes. Um, As she mentioned earlier, places like adopt a minor league player, adopt a minor leaguer and uh, more than baseball and a couple of organizations like that are the ones who are trying to help these guys who are are getting paid almost no money and have to pay a bunch of money for food and for housing. And it should be super easy for these major league teams. Remember how the majors reorganized the minors and said, oh, we're going to pay them more, which they do by a tiny bit. Like I said, of $400, they might get $500 a week. And then get charged how much for housing? Most of it. Um, and you know, they say you should be eating four, four to five thousand calories a day because of your athlete's body, and they give them about a thousand calories of food a day that's not necessarily nutritious. And these guys are going into debt trying to stay in the minor leagues, just waiting until they get their call up. I mean, you had you talked to your godson about this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it totally skews toward, you know, there's the kids who have been able to afford the travel ball through their whole life, you know, and then they have this minor league opportunity and maybe their parents can help them out with it. And then there are the kids like the guy I'm sponsoring from Adopt a Minor League Player who this is like his ticket out of absolute poverty in the Dominican Republic in so many ways. And at this point, he has to spend pretty much everything that he earns on his housing and food. There is, and, and he's scrimping like crazy so that he can send money back to the DR, but he's splitting an apartment with three other guys. And the, the cost of the apartment is very close to what they're actually earning per month. So 
you know, you can imagine what what happens with food because of that. Although very proud of my guy because I asked him, are you guys doing the McDonald's Chipotle thing? Are you cooking? And he said he is cooking beans and rice and chicken. And I think he's cooking beans and rice and chicken 24-7, but he is cooking. So power to him. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of bright spots like um, the the Guardians provide three meals a day. The Padres subsidize um, housing. They have decent apartments. They do deduct like a couple hundred bucks from the pay to pay for that, but then they cover the rest of it. They're not expecting the guys to pay for all of it. They pay for one small part that they contribute to their housing, but the, the Padres cover the rest. I think the Red Sox and other teams give a housing stipend. So there's baby steps. The Astros are the ones that actually, you know, did the thing where you buy an apartment building near the ballpark. That's what they all need to do. They need dorms for these guys, especially because they move around. So what happens, you know, when you have like, like my guy got lucky, he got in with other guys and he's paying less because they already had like had it going. But you know, what do you do when you move around? And and when you get the call up, which is exciting to the next level, you're leaving a lease right. behind. Yep. And that's then you're screwed. Then you may be paying rent in two different places. So come on, Major League Baseball, housing and food would not be that expensive for you. And I have a way for you to pay for it. And here it is. You've got a Field of Dreams game on Thursday. Okay, A, you didn't need to build a new stadium in Iowa for the <laughs> Field the of Dreams where you're going to black out all the games anyway because it's Iowa, so you're not going to see any baseball from like six different teams. You didn't need to design the new uniforms. You could have invested that money in your minor leaguers. Or if you want to have this game because it's a novelty and you're going to you're charging a bazillion dollars for tickets because you can only sell a few tickets and you're going to charge money for like the, the new uniforms to people to buy those and wear those. Maybe you could use that as a fundraiser for your minor leaguers, okay? Don't just yep. have another freaking vanity project. Invest in the guys who are going to be making money for you in two or three years. Just do it. All right. Public financing, stadium news. Now we're moving from economics to economics. Here we go. So the Cleveland Guardians just signed a new 15-year lease for Progressive Field with two five-year options on top of it. And it's for the lease and renovating the ballpark, because I still think of it as the new ballpark because I grew up there. So the old bar- ballpark with municipal stadium, the mistake on the lake. So yeah, but it's old. It's old. Um, so it's a $435 million ticket for this lease and the renovations. And two thirds of it is taxpayer funded, which is quite a lot. That's the city and the county are kicking in $17 million annually. The state's kicking in some money. And Cleveland Mayor Frank Jackson said last week that the city didn't need to be threatened to make the right decision. And that's a dig immediately at the situation happening in Oakland with the A's. The A's are dropping threats like crazy because the A's have lost all their other sports teams except for the athletics. So now they're like, okay, dangle, dangle, dangle. Do you want to keep your last team or not? So it's a little bit of, um, of, of threat, um, it's not great. So I just don't know what's going to happen there, but that, that's kind of why some teams have the support of public funding and some less so. Some are kind of bribing, some are threatening, and some are like, you know what, this makes good sense. I think in Cleveland, I think that both the, 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 at the different levels of government and the, the, the taxpayer base, you know, it's yeah. important to us to keep them here. We want a nice place to go. We saw what this brought to our town. I mean, for a while, the um, the Cleveland, that stadium used to be the Jake 
Now Progressive Field had the longest string of sellouts of any ballpark for a long time when it first opened because there's there's a big fan base and they want them to stay. So they don't have to threaten. They just need to be smart about how they spend their money. Um, so I, I may have to do nerdy things like um, read some books about uh, public funding for stadiums because I'm really intrigued. I know you can do that. I, I totally know you can do that. And and don't threaten, be smart, I think is the new t-shirt slogan. Yeah. Makes sense. We we had a specific request to talk about the Olympics, but I'm looking at our time and we're going to have to be super quick on this because the Olympics are over as of yesterday. Very sad, but baseball happened. It's not happening in the very next Olympics because things are crazy, but hopefully it'll, it can come back after that. And in, in case you, you've been under a rock, Japan won the gold, the United States came out with the silver, and Dominican Republic on the bronze. And Japan deserved that gold medal. Yeah, I they did. Really, you know, I was having fun rooting for the United States at the end. I was having super fun rooting for the Dominican Republic. That was the first baseball medal that they've gotten and super deserved. But, you know, all these teams, like you had said last week, hadn't had a lot of time together, you know, so there were definitely a lot of, you know, errors that you might not be seeing that often in most major league games, but Japan played super smart and played pretty good small ball. And I think the strategy is what came down to it. The United States lost to them twice. The first game was a lot closer than the second. The first game was six to seven. And that was in the, in the playoff or the beginning of the playoff round where they were tied in the bottom of the ninth inning and Japan won in the bottom of the 10th. And then in that final medal, the U.S. didn't score. That was just pretty rough, zero to two. They had so many guys on base and never got them in. Yeah. And and interestingly, though, that Japan, like I, I'd been t- totally like into the small ball of Japan and how especially working the bunt a lot better. But in that game, it did not come down to it. They had a solo home run, which essentially won, won the game. You know, that that second run was a stupid throwing error in the end of the game. But, it, you know, they, they deserved it. They definitely deserved it. But what the United States did have was Q-Har. Thank you, Ollie, once again for our statistic. That is quality hair above replacement. Scott Casimir, last I saw, had not had the locks that he showed at the Olympics. And Joe Ryan, who I put, like, uh, side by side with uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, there there is definitely a similarity. I think. Yeah, I gotta say, my favorite Qhar is still um, Shane Baz. Mm. I think his um, Junior Disney okay. Prince locks are are my favorite for the U.S. Qhar. So sure. check check that out, though. That's some serious pitching Qhar for the U.S. Can I tell you about some of my favorite Americans before you go on to the oh, wider world? Please do. So Eddie Alvarez got a lot of press because he was the flag bearer for the United States. And he has he became one of three Americans ever to medal in both the summer and the winter games. Eddie Egan and Lauren Williams are the other two. But they both had bobsled as their winter sports. And he did. Eddie Alvarez did not require some bobsled. I'm going to jump on the sled behind other guys. I know. I know. Send me the hate. I know bobsled is more (laughs) than that. But Eddie Alvarez, you know, speed skating, which I. You know, if I'm going to have Crazy. a, if I'm going to be drinking in a bar and have an argument with somebody, I'm going to vote for speed skating over bobsledding, as which is more of a sport. He is also now one of only two MLB players to medal in a sport other than baseball. The other is Jim Thorpe. So Eddie Alvarez, <laughs> a lot of fun. If you saw, not bad. If, if you saw, like he was 
in tears when they won the game that was sending them to the the gold medal game because he just he has sacrificed so much. He's tried so hard. This was such a goal for him, and he made it. And you know, he said, "I still want gold," but you know, getting what I did. Um, I want to talk briefly about the fact that so Japan played great. Japan it was all professional players, current professional players. Um, mostly. And same thing with uh, Korea and a couple other teams all had their pros play where the U.S. team had nobody who was on a current 40 man roster could play in the Olympics. I think I think part of that was don't want them to miss the season, but also we don't want them to get hurt and then miss the rest of the season. So you had older guys and you had young guys who were in the minors, but still weren't on the 40 man. So I want to briefly tell you about two guys. One, Potty Mouth mentioned because of the QHAR, um, Scott Kazmir, um, you know, he's a former all-star. He's been in a World Series. He was DFA'd by the Giants on June 5th. <laughs> and he doesn't feel like he's done with the majors yet. And so he was, like, he fell into the lap of, you know, playing for Team USA. And he played well for Team USA. And what he, says, he wants his two sons, who are super young, to see him play, not on video and like in, in, the, in the way back machine, but an opportunity to play. So whether it was this Olympics or maybe he made enough of an impression to get another chance with the majors. Huh. Um, so, uh, so our, our, our friend, um, Jose Batista, who played for the Dominican Republic. Team, oh, he was so good. He and Scott Casimir have been playing against each other for 20 years since they were in wow. the minors. So that that was kind of fun. Actually, my other favorite, is not, in fact, um, uh, uh, Tyler Austin, who has two baseball first names as his old as his name, but it is in fact Nick Allen, who is the shortstop for Team USA. He got a baseball bat for his second Christmas and basically has never put one down since. He was he's a San Diego kid. He was a bat boy for the Aztecs, the SDSU um, college team, was where, where he met Tony Gwynn where he told Tony Gwynn, I'm not going to go to school. I'm just going to become a pro player. And Tony Gwynn said, you are not going straight to the pros. If you're not good in school, you're never going to play pro baseball. I love Tony Gwynn. Well, so interestingly, he got really good in school and he was still drafted by the A's in 2017 and didn't go to college. So I don't know what to do with that. I, I do right. that. But he was. So he's there. Because how cool is it to play for your country? But also, yeah, I'm in the I'm in the, the double A's. Who's going to freaking notice me? But if I'm in the Olympics, the whole world is watching. So sure enough, he was named the tournament's best defensive player. And what is defense? Sexy. Defense yeah. is sexy. He played a mean shortstop. Obviously, he was the best one in the whole tournament. He won a silver medal. And as soon as he won that silver medal, he got the phone call that said he was promoted to the AAA team, the Las Vegas Aviators. Oh, hey. So that worked. So yay for Nick Allen. So so the kids are getting noticed. The old guys are getting noticed. We got Eddie Alvarez being everybody's like little heartwarming story of the Olympics. Baseball is the only thing I watched for the Olympics. It, that was it. It was so much fun, though. And and Tyler Austin, you know, he comes from the Joe Kelly Fight Club fame when he was with the Yankees. So go back like a zillion episodes oh my to God. hear that. <laughs> Oh my but, God! Yeah, yes, he plays yes. pro ball for Japan now. So this, the Yokohama Stadium is actually his home stadium. Wow! Yeah. So yeah, I mean, to, for the hometown team to get it also feels like a good thing. They did come up with an all Olympic team, and it, there was a little bit of everybody. And I'm not going to go through it too carefully. But one guy from Israel, one guy from the Dominican Republic, two Korea, three Japan. And I thought what was interesting is on this all Olympic team. 
the majority were from the United States, five, including Eddie Alvarez and Tyler Austin. So go figure. And and I just do want to do a little quick shout out for Team Israel because they exceeded all expectations. And, you know, Danny Valencia had a, had a huge uh, bit in that, and we talked about him last week, but they really were all in on it. And the, they were knocked out by the Dominican Republic. Jose Batista was behind that. You had talked about Jose Batista, and he actually was also very key for the the nailing in the bronze. I think that was his first hit was the was the final run of the game. But props to Israel for the fight. And the last thing I want to talk about with the Olympics is the bullpen cart. So have good. you seen a better bullpen cart? It is the best bullpen cart. It is. And I also, I, I enjoyed the commentators. I mentioned them last week because they talked about hair and the way that we talk about hair. They mm-hmm. also were name checking the bullpen cart and how great it was. And so yay for them. And oh my gosh, I, what's going to happen to it? Does, does the Japanese league right. use it? I don't, I don't know. It's it's like more of a sort of a limo than a cart. Like you're in the the back in this glove and the driver's up front. It's I mean, it's that, a cool that glove situation. seat looks like a sofa. And I would happily have that as a sofa in my house. It's oh, yeah. weird like that. All right. So Olympics are over and we're going to cry, but we are way over. Thank you guys for sticking in for this super long episode. Last comment. CPBL Taiwanese baseball has fans again. Because they follow the rules. And so they were having some some stress, some COVID stress. They shut it down. They had a thousand back fans back this weekend gone by. And tomorrow there's gonna be 25% total. So I can see them working their way up. My lovely Lions are two and a half games in back of the brothers, and I hear that. Uh, the first half, th- things got screwed up because of the COVID delays. So I think they're actually coming into first half playoffs because the way that the CPBL does it is they have a first half champion, second half champion, and that's how their um, final championship comes together. And last but not least, Teddy Stankowitz sadly is no longer playing for the Lions. We talked about him. He was actually playing for Team Mexico, who got knocked out very first for the Olympics. He is now pitching in the Mexican League. Despite all of that, uh, the other day he took the loss for the Lions losing against the Monkeys 1-0 to zero because it was a postponed game. And shout out to our friend Daniel Shi for pointing this out to me, but the game had started many weeks ago. It finished the other day, and poor Teddy got the loss. That just seems like insult to injury, doesn't it's it? It's rough. Yeah. Well, I kind of feel like, you know, he deserted the CPB. I'll give him another loss. I don't know. All right. Fine. Maybe that's it. Fine. Hey, um, so we're done with minor league games for a little while, at least. Are, do we have some major league games happening? What do you think? Are we going to go see some baseball this week? I hope so. But have you looked at the forecast for this week? No. It's like chance of crazy rain every day, which is funny because actually we've done really well with our Nats games this year. We've had pretty good weather and we have spent many a year, well, at least several, you know, under those the overhangs just waiting for the rain to let up. But that might be our deal this Friday night when we're trying to go see the Atlanta game. I well, know. I now have 47 Washington National um, ponchos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, when I went to see the, the Cubs game, it was raining, and all these Cubs fans, you know, had to buy ponchos. And they bought 
logoed Washington Nationals ponchos because that's what they sell. And none of them, because they're self-respecting Cubs fans, was going to walk out of the ballpark <laughs> with one of those. So after they left, we collected a few. And oh, so now, now I have some some Nationals uh, ponchos. I, I, you know, I will trade, if anybody can get me an Adley Rutschman bobblehead, I will trade you between <laughs> one and three um, Washington National ponchos and possibly some baked goods. But not before Friday. Because but we not might before need Friday, Friday. We're going to yeah. see the Nationals play the Hammers. Yeah. Woo-hoo. That's pretty exciting. Hey, so if people want to cut a deal with me about getting me an Adley Rutschman bobblehead, or if they have suggestions for how we should celebrate our 200th episode next week, I bet they can find us on social media. Yeah, please, please, please contact us on Twitter, NCIB Podcast, Facebook, and Instagram, No Crying in B-Ball. If you have some friends who you think would like to hear us talk about baseball, please tell them about us. Leave us a review or a rating if you can. Check out some old episodes and maybe do some research on some old boyfriends that we have talked about. You know what? Baseball players have stopped getting their vaccines. Doesn't mean you need to. Have we convinced you yet? Please get your vaccine. Please wear your mask because that's important all over again. Fight the man. Never stop fighting the man. Until next time, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. I got editing to do, although I usually do whiskey. You do whiskey with editing. I know this about you. Right. (laughs) All right. Oh, hey, we should start the show. Yeah, we should.